0: Hello and welcome to Let's Get Vocal with Rena. I'm your host, Rena Cook, and I am a voice and speech geek. I am obsessed with all things voice. As a voice and presentation coach, my passion is empowering others to use their voices in more compelling and authentic ways. On this podcast, I visit with professionals who have powerful messages about speaking truth, using the voice to change hearts and minds. I also love witty, intelligent banter, and always enjoy talking to others who are passionate about helping people and making this world a better place and having a great time doing so. Thanks for tuning in. Okay, hello everyone. Welcome to today's episode of Let's Get Vocal with Rena Cook. And we are going to continue our Significant at 70 and Beyond theme. As you know, my plan is to invite guests on the podcast who can lend some wisdom, insight, and personal experience to this issue. Today, I am thrilled and I've got to admit, a little bit intimidated to introduce this amazing woman to you, Shirley Hall. She's an incredibly accomplished woman, and she has so much to share about our subject of Significant at 70 and Beyond. Her journey is a veritable tapestry of wisdom gained from a wide variety of adventures. Welcome,
1: Shirley. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Oh, well, it's, it's so my pleasure. I, I resisted the urge to read your long list of accomplishments. I want our listeners to hear from you what your journey has been and, and what is most alive in
1: this phase of your life. Well, right now, running my writing service is the thing that I'm doing and the thing that excites me most having been in corporate America for so many years and doing what everyone else wants me to do, yes, I was a company man and I bought into the entire system at each employer. Oh, wow. But once I got laid off and I found another job within two days, but when I walked in that office, and saw the same cubicles, and the same chairs, (laughs) and the same coloring on the walls, Mm. I wondered, why am I doing this? And I turned around and walked out, and started my own business, and I'm doing something I love, and I'm doing it with people. I love my clients. I love my customers. That's wonderful. And I know you do amazing work. What is the name of your company? It has two names. More Than Words is one. And Shirley Hall Poet, LLC is the other one. Mm-hmm.
0: And, and they're both about, uh, about your skill
1: set of writing. Is that correct? Both are about writing. But the books that I've put out, my three books are I under see. the LLC. I
0: so I went to your website today as I was putting together, well, as I was stalking you actually online, and, and your website reflects your focus on social justice. Across the top of your website, instead of bio, about, videos, like a lot of websites, yours says politics, racism, poverty, religion, justice, war. You tackle big subjects in your poetry.
1: Tell me how you developed this worldview. I discovered at a relatively late age that while I was spending 60 and 70 hours in the office, so many things were going on in the world around me that I didn't know about, that I was not subject to. I guess I was the lucky one because I had not experienced drama or anxiety or racism. I even lived in Europe, and I'd never experienced that. I didn't grow up in poverty, and I had everything I wanted, and I had what you might call a dream life. And I realized all this other stuff was happening, and I wondered why I didn't know about it, and I knew in my heart I really cared. I realized that all the caring I was doing and supporting I was doing was the employees that worked under me. My team. At one time it was up to 25 people and I was supporting them and giving them a lot of what today I give in a more global environment. I put out my first book about caring. And as I put the book out, I realized as other people were reading my work and sharing their stories, that the message that I had been living and preparing and writing about for years was their stories. And the more I listened to them, the easier it was for me to tell their Mm. stories And then things just happened. Someone walked up to me and said, I saw your bookmark. I want you to write for me. And I'm like, okay, who are you? And do I know anything about you? And he said, I own 15 psychiatric clinics. And I said, so what do you want me to write? He said, just send me something. That was 2013. I haven't heard from him since. I sent him... Two 650-word blogs a month. Someone read that and said, I want you to write my book. And I have since done about 15 autobiographies for people. I've published for people. And I've written blogs for about 35 different companies. And I realize the more I do it, the more I'm using the listening skills I developed in corporate America. I'm using the communication skills, the customer-focus mm. skills, right? And it's all coming together with my words. I kind of feel sorry for those directors who had to read performance evaluations I wrote <laughs> that were 15 or 20, sometimes 30 paragraphs. <laughs> I guess they say, "I'm so glad. Other supervisors or managers to check the box. I wrote long paragraphs, so now I'm able to write those paragraphs in a more meaningful way. Oh, that's celebrate people in a more meaningful way. And my view has changed. I lived in Europe for almost four years and I have a global view. Yes, you do. And, and
0: I have noticed that in our conversations, in your writing, that your view is global and not simply local and small and narrow. Um, I was touched this morning by the poem that you have on your website, and I'm going to read it, and then I want you to comment on it. And it says, from ethics to eros, poetry with an edge sharply dissects the dilemmas of contemporary life the voice of the prophet crying out for social justice the voice of a compassionate human being seeking basic decency and dignity more than mere entertainment and aesthetic experience an insight and instruction guaranteed to make your spirit sing did you pen those words
1: actually no (laughs) I sent my book to a number of people to get reviews, and that that particular review came from the director of the English department at Fordham University, and that's what he got from reading the pieces that I had written. The foreword in the book was written by the director of English at Florida State University, and I was just so excited. I met these amazing people on MySpace, of all places. And saying MySpace probably tells you how long ago it was. And when I wrote the book, I have been posting some of the work online on MySpace. And I said, I need someone to give me some reviews. And it just so happened, I got heads of English departments. I got professors. and. It was exciting to have them actually write the forward to both books and to pin that for my website and for the back jacket cover of the first book. Wonderful, wonderful. So it was exciting, yes, to have I, my work appreciated that
0: way. Well, I, I I can see why. I mean, I've I've read uh, some of your work. And certainly spoken with you as we're networking partners, and uh, and your your worldview is so specific, so clear, so moving, so connected to honest and authentic emotion that um, that I just truly admire it. Um, the last time we talked, you said you did a stint in the military. Am I remembering that right? That's right.
1: I was in the Air Force for four years and. <laughs> I will say it wasn't, it was an accident. (laughs) I was with some classmates. We didn't have any money. We were in a little car and we were driving from California to New York. And we saw a sign that said, register now and get a free lunch. (laughs) And we went in. We didn't know the difference in Army, (laughs) Air Force, (laughs) Navy. But we... Saw this buffet with all this food. We packed it in, and the guy said, fill out this application, and we'll be in touch, and we did, and we went on to New York. We did our summer sessions there. I was a music and theater major. We went back to USC in California, and our parents start calling us saying, why did you join the Air Force? You have to come home and do a physical. (laughs) So we talked about it, and they said we could all go on the buddy system. They pay for our last two years of college. (laughs) And we decided, what the heck, let's do it. We did four years and three months.
0: So, what did you take away from that? What did you learn from your time in the military? Or was it just four wasted years?
1: As far as socially, Social, I would say economically, socially, financially, it was a waste. As far as educationally, I got a chance to meet a number of people I never would have met from places I never would have been. I got a chance to talk to people who were very different from me, raised in very different places. I was raised in a city of 2.2 million people. Some of the roommates I have were raised in towns of 1,000 people. So to live with people Mm -hmm. in a dormitory that had not heard of a lot of things that I was talking about and couldn't speak two languages, which I could, had never been on the beaches of California where I spent a lot of time because that's what us Berkeley students did. (laughs) It was really fascinating (laughs) to meet these people and then to go to places like Ogden, Utah (laughs) and small towns in Missouri. It was very different. So that's what I did get out of it. Well, that's wonderful. I can see that. Now, Shirley, we both
0: network a lot in Tulsa and and, 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 and in our region. We also network in the region. Uh, I see you everywhere. You are clearly working to make a contribution. You are working to remain significant. Tell me about your purpose, about some of the choices that you have made to remain significant at this point in your life. And maybe you want to share your age. Or maybe you don't,
1: and that's okay. (laughs) Well, I'm in your 70-plus group. (laughs) I will say that. I have found that...
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you certainly don't look it.
1: I have found that moving to Oklahoma, I wasn't really happy about that. My husband's job brought us here, and it was very different. I was used to huge cities. I was used to huge diversity or levels of diversity. I was not accustomed to applying for a job and being asked, what religion are you? Or applying for a job and someone saying, what part of town do you live in? When I'd only been in Oklahoma (laughs) and in Tulsa for three weeks. I didn't know the different parts of town. So living in a place where their values were a lot different from mine, I found that networking was the opportunity to sell not only my business, but myself as something different. You might have realized that in a lot of these settings, there was only one minority, me, or there were only two women, you and me. <laughs> and there was just not a lot of diversity at the time we started out there networking. However, I have to say, the area has changed tremendously. And there are more minorities. There's more women. There are more seniors. There are more young people. The Surrounding environments and surrounding communities have grown and changed tremendously. And the more they change, the more opportunity I have to not Mm -hmm. only sell myself, but to meet and learn about and experience other people and their stories. The past 10 years, I've only written about other people's stories. I've written about the disenfranchised those who have felt separated or left out. And I am inspired by journalism assignments that I get from clients. They may say, we want you to interview this person and write an article for Mm -hmm. this magazine. And then I take that information and turn it into prose and put it in my book. My second book, every piece in there, came from an interview I was hired to do as a journalist. So at the bottom of uh, about 50%, 75% maybe of those pieces, I actually put a link so you can go back and read the actual article that inspired the piece and read the person's story from that particular client, which is usually a magazine or an online publication that hires me as a journalist, to do these interviews and do these writings. And sometimes the clients that I have will say, Mm -hmm. Mm attend our meeting or come to our conference and write articles about that. So doing that and being a part of that expands your view and gives you the opportunity to research everything. And I have to say, editing for three publishing companies, I guess I've read a thousand books already this year on everything. Oh, wow. I
0: bet you have. Uh
1: From (laughs) the eye to soccer, (laughs) from how to clean the nose to love (laughs) stories. People write about (laughs) everything. Wow. Absolutely.
0: That's a that's a great story. I love that. I want to explore for a minute. What are the challenges that you personally face as you uh, as you remain vital into your senior years? Do you have any personal fears or challenges or physical issues that you have to kind of daily and intentionally overcome in order to be as vitally engaged as you are?
1: I found with COVID being stuck in the house (laughs) that I tended to keep the PJs on from the bedroom to the home office, and I wasn't accomplishing as much. I have this theory that if you dress a certain way, you will perform a certain way, you will think a certain way and act a certain way.
0: (laughs) I do want to remind my listeners that you're an important part of this podcast. If you have a question about voice, speech, dialect, presentation, taming performance anxiety, reach out to me through my website, www.myvocalauthority.com. And Shirley, I want to thank you so much for being with us today and sharing your poetry, the beauty of your spirit, your point of view. It's really remarkable and we're so appreciative that you were here with us today. Thank you all for tuning in to this episode of Let's Get Vocal with Rena. Thanks for listening to this episode of Let's Get Vocal with Rena. I want to remind you how important you are to this podcast. Send me your questions about voice, speech, presentation, confidence. You are part of this discussion. You can reach out to me through my website, myvocalauthority.com or at, renacook at cox.net. Lastly, let's take joy and generosity with us today and every day. Each of us has a role to play in making this world better. We can do this by simply finding joy in simple acts of generosity. And remember, we are all public speakers whenever we use our voice in the presence of another human being. Breathe deeply, stand tall, speak your truth boldly, and the world will listen.